all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. When America withdrew from Afghanistan, it left people behind. Interpreters, aid workers, allies, and even some U.S. citizens remained in the country as the Taliban took over. Since the official U.S. military exit, dozens of groups have sprung up to try to help people safely flee the country. Not all of them are competent, but most are asking for money. Now remember, our goal for $20 million was three to 5,000 people, and we thought that would be incredible. Vice Motherboard Features Editor Tim Marchman and Senior Staff Writer Anna Merlin looked into this for a piece titled, The Anti-Trafficking Movement is Pivoting to Afghanistan. Marchman is here with us today to talk about the weird world of online-led anti-trafficking groups and how they've latched onto Afghanistan as their newest cause. I'm Matthew Gall, and this is Cyber. Tim, thank you so much for coming on to Cyber. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's get some basic stuff out of the way. What's the situation right now for people trying to get out of Afghanistan? It's very difficult. There are multiple reasons why someone would want to get out of Afghanistan. And, you know, obviously their legal status uh, has a lot to do with that. If you're an American citizen who's still in Afghanistan, for instance, the uh, U.S. federal government and specifically the State Department are legally obliged to do whatever they can uh, to get you out of the country if you want to be out of the country. Obviously, most people who want to get out are uh, civilians from Afghanistan, and that's where it gets a lot trickier. Um, you need to be able to get on a flight. That flight has to have a destination. At that destination, uh, you have to have some sort of, uh, you know, legal status, hopefully prearranged. Um, you're going to need a ton of documentation. You're going to need to f- figure out a way to get on a flight since there aren't very many flights leaving the country. It's, it's just a huge, uh, complex thing. And a lot of people are helping with the logistics, uh, from the United States, from countries in Europe, all all over the world, uh, trying to organize some of that. Right. And some of the people that are trying to help kind of organize the logistical side from what I, from your reporting and kind of what I've read, it's mostly about, or they're saying it's mostly about organizing the flights themselves. Um, are these anti-trafficking groups? So, can you kind of explain what these groups are, where they come, where they come from, and what they were doing before they started getting involved in this? So, over the last uh, ten plus years, uh, uh, around the world, a model of doing anti-trafficking work has kind of risen and and fallen, and it's known as the raid and rescue model. This is when groups of uh, private actors sometimes vigilantes, sometimes paramilitaries, sometimes people working in concert with local or federal law enforcement in a given country, sometimes not, um, actually break into areas where they believe there's sex trafficking going on, uh, liberate women they say are enslaved and, you know, turn over to the authorities, people who are participating in the trafficking. And, um, Anna Merlin and I have done a ton of reporting on this, showing that, 
you know, this is this is really considered ineffective by law enforcement, by independent experts, by advocates for sex workers, by survivors of trafficking themselves in many cases, that it, it centers things on the quote unquote rescuer and neglects the really hard work that prevents uh, trafficking in the first place and allows survivors of it to, you, you know, move on and, and get out of a bad situation. Um, a lot of these groups, especially based in, in Europe and Australia, um, kind of had a rise and fall, but it's been very persistent in the U.S. Uh, over the last few years, the groups basically operating on this model, they kind of pitch a vision of trafficking as something out of Taken, the Liam Neeson movie. And um, make, you know, they'll make videos showing their operators going into, uh, you know, dangerous situations and use that to fundraise. Um, quite a few of these groups have become quite successful. The biggest one is uh, Operation Underground Railroad, whose founder, Tim Ballard, you know, had a position in the Trump administration. He's, um, you know, he's really been at the forefront of popularizing this in the U.S. Um, and, you know, there are connections between those groups and, and some groups that are uh, staging evacuations out of Afghanistan. All right, let's back up just a second. Can you kind of explain what Operation Underground Railroad is and who Tim Ballard is and what his role in the Trump administration was, even if however brief? So Operation Underground Railroad was founded about 10 years ago by a former um, ICE agent named Tim Ballard, who's also said he's an ex-CIA agent. And its mission is to end sexual slavery, uh, essentially. It's become really renowned and 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 popular there are examples like uh the coach of the pittsburgh steelers participating in, in an our mission in a foreign country that was aired on on sunday night football um they really get around and ballard even um served in the trump administration he was on the public private partnership advisory council to end human trafficking so ours rise to prominence largely had to do with them filming themselves on, uh, you know, rescues abroad where they would go undercover, uh, carry out sting operations and, um, you know, bring traffickers to justice as they have it. In our reporting, um, we've learned that these missions are in many cases run very unsafely and amateurishly that there are people without backgrounds in, in the military or law enforcement or intelligence who are brought on these. Sometimes donors are brought on these. Um, they're not, <laughs> they're not quite what they're cracked up to be on YouTube sometimes. I'm sorry. Did you say he claimed to be a, a CIA agent? He's, he said that he was a CIA agent, um, but has not, uh, given us permission to get his his records from the CIA. And I believe that on online biographies, that claim has been removed. I see. Okay, so then another group that kind of comes in here and is connected to a name that people might be more familiar with is the Nazarene Fund and Glenn Beck. Yes. How do they fit in? 
Um, the Nazarene Fund is an anti-trafficking group uh, working abroad. Uh, its mission has been to, to help specifically Christians and Yazidis in the Middle East, largely, um, that was being run by Tim Ballard, the founder of Operation Underground Railroad. The Nazarene Fund was initially actually a subsidiary of OUR, and it recently uh, attained status as an independent nonprofit. Um, the Nazarene Fund was started by Glenn Beck, so it's his operation that uh, Ballard ha had control over. They were two members of a three-person board with a guy named David Barton, who's uh, been described as a fake historian. He's someone who, who really advocates for the idea that America was founded on Christian ideals. These are the three people who are running um, this anti-trafficking group. When the U.S. withdrawal began, um, the Nazarene Fund went very hard, very quickly into uh, evacuating people from Afghanistan. They, you know, they said they were going to be working to get, you know, especially persecuted religious minorities out. Um, and they began to fundraise for it very successfully. Okay. So do we have any idea if any of these groups, and you've looked at quite a bit of them, have ever helped anyone in Afghanistan? Yes. Yes. There are definitely, there are definitely groups that have. Um, one example that uh, we detailed in, in the story was the case of the Afghan Girls National soccer team, which was uh, successfully evacuated to Portugal, where they enjoy political asylum. They have the government and, and uh, private donors working to support them. It's a, you know, really, a really good outcome here. And the Nazarene Fund, uh, which, you know, makes a lot of other claims, it, it you know, it definitely helped in this case. Um, we know that because, you know, it's been corroborated by uh, actors outside the Nazarene Fund, uh, some of the partners, um, you know, uh, an, an administration official uh, who who helped with it, a Senate aide who did, and uh, Nick McKinley from Deliver Fund, another anti-trafficking group that was actually asked by the U.S. Agency for International Development to help in this case. That's all well and good, but you also in your story have this uh, quote from a White House official who told you all that, quote, the Nazarene Fund was problematic in a lot of ways. What does that mean exactly? So the Nazarene Fund, by all accounts, came in towards the end of a, you know, it was a week-long process to get the uh, to get the girls' soccer team and their families out of the country. And it contributed in two key ways. One was that uh, a couple of weeks previous, Glenn Beck had publicly written a letter to the Prime Minister of Pakistan um, lavishing praise on him and asking for assistance in getting some flights out of the country, which, you know, in practical terms means interceding with the Taliban. Um, that helped grease the diplomatic wheels because this coalition of different people and groups that was working to get the girls out of the country had several plans um, for how to secure permission from the Taliban um, backed by becoming involved in it was apparently able to get the government of Pakistan to intercede with the Taliban and let these girls who were at risk of being basically taken as trophy wives by Taliban fighters out of the country. 
The other thing was that the airline Cam Air that was flying out of Afghanistan was, uh, you know, they had a flight plan for it, they had a destination. Countries don't want Afghan planes uh, flying in their airspace, so they had arranged for, uh, you know, a connection to a flight in Georgia. All that was squared away, but the airline wouldn't, uh, you know, they weren't going to give them credit for the flight. They, they needed to have the money wired to them, uh, during a fairly narrowly, fairly narrow window, uh, to get the flight out of the country. And so Glenn Beck, because his organization had bought up, uh, a lot of flights, they had credits with the agency. They were able to basically loan it to this group that was getting these, uh, these girls out and then their donor reimbursed the Nazarene fund for it. Specifically, um, what was being referred to as problematic with them, one thing was that they weren't involved in any of the international uh, negotiations, which involves people from a lot of different countries to get get the girls out of the country. And, um, you know, the way they presented it in, in some venues, like on social media, really uh, put Beck and... Uh, Khan, the prime minister of Pakistan, at the center of the story in a way that didn't re- really reflect the process that had gone into getting the girls out. How hard is it to vet the claims of any of these groups? It can be um, it can be pretty difficult because you're not on the ground, you're not seeing what they're doing directly. Um, you know that's the first order thing. The, the second thing is that there's a pretty big at this point network of people in government, people outside government who are working together on these evacuations. And they can be pretty cautious about talking about anybody else. Like the, the people you can basically talk to are um, sources in government who are going to be very reticent uh, of talking about this. And then people who are also doing the work who are also going to be very reticent. Luckily, um, you know, we were able to track down some people to, to talk to, to kind of tell us what's going on. Um, in, in the bigger picture, it, in theory, what groups like this are doing should be traceable in some ways through uh, tax paperwork. They have to fill out as nonprofits, but in practice, they can be pretty vague about what they're actually spending their money on. For example, they might say they spend X and X millions of dollars in Africa and just say they're working to, you know, abolish slavery in Africa without getting into detail about exactly uh, what that spending is covering. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So... As long as along with these like big name success stories, half success stories, there are also a lot of smaller groups mm-hmm. that claim to be helping. Um, so can we talk about some of them specifically? I'm interested in Exodus and Jared Wahongi. 
if I'm saying that name correctly. Yeah, it's 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 Wahangi. Um, yeah, Exodus is a good example of um, a, there are there are many smaller groups. Um, some of them have been covered in other places. I think the most prominent case was an Instagram influencer on whom the Washington Post reported. He raised um, seven million dollars for uh, evacuation flights, and then because he didn't have, you know, kind of diplomatic or intelligence uh, or military connections, apparently he he wasn't able to get anyone on the flights. He spent um, something like three million dollars on flights that were ultimately canceled. He um, was able to underwrite action some other groups we're carrying out that sort of thing isn't all that uncommon um there are quite a few groups like uh project dynamo which business insider reported on who say they're organizing the information of you know thousands of people in afghanistan they're they're helping with logistics um and all the rest of it deliver fund is a group that uh you know is, is clearly doing good work according to everybody who's worked worked with them. You know, they're one of these smaller, less prominent organizations. They don't have, uh, you know, Glenn Beck talking about them on his, on his radio show every day. Um, Exodus was started last year by a single mother from Utah named Candace Rivera. And she used to uh, volunteer with OUR, Tim Ballard's organization. She became interested in something that was more doing anti-trafficking work. There was more, focused on aftercare, you know, what happens to a survivor after um, they've left their trafficker and started started this new organization. Um, the International Operations Director is a guy named Jared Wahangi, who's also in the past been associated with OUR. He's a wedge, he's an edged weapons expert who's uh, spent about 20 years on SWAT teams in the Salt Lake City area and traveling all over the world, uh, training uh, special forces in things like hand-to-hand warfare and, and doing executive protection in places like Russia, where uh, that, that sounds pretty pretty intimidating. It's kind of fascinating. There is this type of dude that I first noticed in the 90s that it's like always guys that were really into ninjutsu um, we're really into the Navy SEALs very early. Uh, and then kind of during the Bush years, I saw this proliferation of guys like this. They would claim to be like edged weapons experts that would go and do counterterrorism training in Russia. Um, Sebastian Gorka is kind of adjacent to these kinds of people, right? I, I hesitate to call them grifters, maybe fantasists um, about their own past and their own experience, right? Why do you think these kinds of people are interested in this kind of work. So I wouldn't characterize Jared Wahangi is exactly that kind of guy. He has a very impressive resume. Um, even if you can question exactly how applicable it is to international diplomatic operations. I know that kind of guy though. I've talked to that kind of guy. I've talked to people who've complained about having to work with that kind of guy. And Part of it is this cult of machismo, obviously, that I think has, you know, expression all over the place, not just in this area. One thing that's interesting is that a lot of the, um, a lot of the kinds of guys 
it attracts are attracted to this almost overtly colonial uh, work. That's not, definitely not the case for everyone. And there are lots of people who, you know, are just in it to help people um, and to do good with the skills they have. But there are a lot of people who really have a very U.S. focused sense of the world and view themselves as there to go out into backwards parts of the world and, and save people from themselves and teach them, you know, teach them how to live. And to be clear here, uh, we don't know how many, if any of these independent organizations or people that we're talking about are running a scam. Like on the surface, a lot of this stuff sounds pretty scammy, um, but there's just kind of a lot we don't know, but they sure are asking for money, right? And by all accounts, a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of money on the line here. Um, and you know, no one's certainly, no one's accusing, um, any, any of these groups of, uh, you know, being scams, but tens of millions of dollars, um, are, are going in that we know about. But there are fabulists. Uh, can you tell me about, is it Renault, Alison Renault? in the Afghanistan's women's robotic team? Yeah. So she's a woman from Oklahoma who um, presented herself as having evacuated uh, members of the Afghan girls robotics team and the wall street journal, uh, their editorial board gave her a lot of credit for this. Um, You know, it it was kind of a feel good story. The Washington post later reported that, um, a cease and desist had been sent to her by a lawyer for the team who basically accused her of meddling and taking credit for things that she hadn't actually done. Um, she told us that that was not true, that she, she worked hand in hand with the digital citizen fund and the text messages would bear out the centrality, um, of her role here. But when she shared the text messages, they actually showed the opposite and showed um, one of the lead people who was working on this saying, you know, that it was the Qatar government who helped the team. I do appreciate your support, but there are things in the article referring to an article that had been written about her that are not true according to our statement. And a board member at the Digital Citizens Fund told us that Renault had been using um, older members, old, older photos of members of the team um, that her claims were completely un- unsubstantiated and, you know, it would, it would appear to get left there, but Renault is, is adamant, um, that she would, she would do this again and that she's, uh, currently helping to evacuate women judges. All right. I've got two kind of broader questions for us to go out on here. And the first is, why do you think that these anti-trafficking people have pivoted to Afghanistan? This was a country that most Americans aggressively ignored for the last 15 years. Um, why has it turned into this? There's, there's two answers to that, um, which, are, which are pretty related. Um, one is that the government has created a vacuum. Um, the State Department is, is criticized by pretty much everybody you talk to um, in this area as having been really detached and ineffective in terms of things as basic as sorting out what's going to happen to uh, refugees who are already in the United States. They're on humanitarian parole, which doesn't afford a path to citizenship. 
um, or, or permanent protected status. It doesn't come with access to federal public benefits, things like this. So um, with that void, there's naturally naturally NGOs of all sorts and all shapes and all descriptions are going to come in. Foreign governments are going to come in, uh, you know, a lot of people with their own agendas. And you're going to get uh, profiteers, people who are just making a look at buck. Um, some of the worst stuff we've heard about is, is stuff like basically privateers selling seats on on flights for eight thousand dollars which is a huge sum of money right now um to civilians uh, who don't even necessarily know if you know they're dealing with someone who can actually get them on the flight so all that is just kind of nature abhorring a vacuum i think with anti-trafficking groups specifically their pitch has generally been almost a feel-good one to to donors and to people that are asking for support about how, um, you know, you can help, you can rescue people, you can save people. And that narrative is very appealing. And Afghanistan presented a lot of people who, who needed to be saved. So there's nothing, you know, look, there's nothing even bad about that. If people are raising money and using it to do good, um, it ultimately matters what you're doing. And, not what someone else might make of your motives, but it's it's hard to ignore that consonance between you know what these groups have been doing and what they're what they're they say they're seeking to do now, which ultimately neglects that someone who's a refugee from a war zone, someone who's a survivor of human trafficking, ultimately everything really needs to be oriented towards their self determination. You know, giving them the the tools and the resources they need to do what they want to do with their life. All right, one more question for you. Uh, you talk to a lot of people, including Biden officials, off the record and on background and you know all over the place for this. Can you give me a sense of how they feel about how this evacuation was handled in general? Um, I did quote a Biden administration official who said they were ashamed of the way the government has handled it. I think there's a universal consensus that it's been handled really badly um there's no easy way to end a war there's no easy way to extricate uh, a country from an occupation that's been ongoing for 20 years but even in that context there are mechanical things like centralizing lists of people of refugees people who are looking to leave the country where just the government hasn't done it and it seems from the outside, like there's even some buck passing on which agencies should be involved in that kind of centralizing thing. So without that center of gravity that's doing something like creating a list and saying, here are tens of thousands of people who are looking to get out of the country. They have their passports, they've been vetted, et cetera, et cetera. They can be manifested onto flights. It's left to everybody to kind of come up with their own. Um, and do that. And that sort of just dysfunction, I think, um, you know, people are, people are really upset about and, and rightly so, um, how much of that is, uh, you know, just a political calculation, not wanting to be tied onto it. How much is, um, you know, there's a pandemic going on. There's, you know, a massive domestic agenda, and this just not rising as a priority to people 
how much of it is something else, I don't, I don't think anybody really knows at this point, but it doesn't seem like there's a ton of cause for optimism and pretty much everyone I talked to, um, was really sure that, um, private groups, you know, be they more or less legitimate, um, are going to continue to, to prosper in this area. Tim Marchman, the article is the anti-trafficking movement is pivoting to Afghanistan. Sir, thank you so much for coming on to Cyber and walking us through this. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.